Welcome to the Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. We are a Bible-believing church located in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. We are proudly part of the Christian Fellowship Ministries with 3,000 churches around the world. We are a church focused on world evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Here we will share recent sermons from PHSA Church and other sermons from throughout our fellowship. I am Pastor David Bickford, and I will be your host for this podcast. I thank you for listening today, and we hope these messages are a blessing to you and bring you closer to God. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Today, I'm going to preach a message about speak to the people, and the subheading is speak, proclaim, and preach. So just to kind of give you an idea to, you know, this this was a message that I preached way back in like May of last year. And, you know, so I'm working through quite a few of the sermons I've preached in the past year, and we're just wanting to get as wide a reach as we can with this message. And eventually the goal is to to do this in, in a YouTube format. But I want to make sure that I get these messages out, and I, as I, you know, learn how to do YouTube a little bit, and you know, a little bit of video video editing, and as we grow as a church, I, I want to make sure this gets out. But that is the ultimate goal: is to also keep the podcast running, uh, but also to have you know the video done on on YouTube. And then further to that, I did Mitchell Mondays for a while. I, 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 I'm still playing around with, you know, what else to do or how else to do. So what I believe I'm going to do is we had our conference in January at Prescott, Arizona. I'm going to share a bunch of those sermons as we kind of go forward, you know, uh, as I see fit, you know, to just make sure that I get as much of the gospel message out there. But the core of the podcast is to share the messages that are preached in, in our church here in Salmon Arm and to get the gospel out. But we have yeah, as I've said before, 3,500 churches globally within our Christian Fellowship Ministries umbrella. And with that, we have tremendous preachers in, in our fellowship, both here in Canada and the United States and throughout the world. And so I want to start you know, sharing those as time permits, but not without you know dropping off or missing the weekly sermon that I, I provide through this podcast. That is the core. So as as we grow, as the church grows, that is the goal is to have a functioning YouTube channel with you know sermons being preached, and eventually those will end up being just rebroadcasts of the service in its entirety. But you know, with the focus of sharing sermons on this podcast platform, because it's a little bit different, you know, there's it's a little bit more concise, and I want to be able to provide that to uh, to. To whoever is willing to listen and as we grow. So today, again, the sermon is going to be Speak to the People, Speak, Proclaim, and Preach. That's the title of this message. And the, the source of scripture we're going to use as a jumping off point is going to be Acts uh, chapter 4, verses 17 through 20. And so we'll go ahead and jump into that in just a second. But I wanted to use this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, Speech is power. Speech is to persuade, to convert, to compel. It is to bring another out of his bad sense and into your good sense. So the interesting thing about this quote is it doesn't it doesn't give us any real indication about you know the pros or cons of speech because some speech you know speech that comes from the Lord is going to be or from his word is going to be powerful. It's going to be supernatural in some sense, but there's a lot of speech out there too. 
that ha can have negative connotations. And so we have to be aware of that. We have to take all things in balance as we as we look at this topic. But let's go ahead and jump in with Acts 4, verses 17 through 20. And maybe before we do that, let's just pray. Dear Lord God, that open our, our eyes and our, our ears to your word and to your wisdom, Lord God. Open our hearts, Lord God, to be transformed by your by the sacrifice of your son and by the Holy Spirit that we turn to you in all things, that you that the word that we see in the in the scripture would wash over us, Lord God, and can and and help us to live a life of moving towards sanctification in Jesus Christ. We give you all the praise and glory. Thank you for the the, the grace that you give us. Open our hearts to this word to this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So in verse 17, it says, but in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So here you obviously have a group that is trying to contend against Peter and John and stop them from preaching this gospel. And they are telling the, the group back, is it right for us to listen to you and deny God or to listen to God and to deny you? And this is a, a, a very poignant you know, message for us in our time today where we are told oftentimes that to even read the word of God or or out loud or to even say, I believe in the word of God out loud can be seen by some as being you know hateful speech. And so it's very interesting how this is not a new subject. This is something that the apostles dealt with in their time and that you know Christians have dealt with you know, throughout history. Right. And we see this. And so that's at the very center of this discussion is that where you know, where do you make your decisions in life? Is it going to be based off of what society tells you is good and sensible in their madness? Or is it going to be what God tells you is, is good and sensible in his holiness, in his righteousness? So with that, let's take a look at the resignation speech from 1783 from George Washington. And to grasp the true power of George Washington's resignation as the commander of chief and of the entire U.S. military or, or the Continental Army, you have to go beyond the words themselves and appreciate the context. General Washington was in no way obliged to resign his commission, but he did so willingly and even gladly, just as he would later refuse a third term as president of the United States, establishing the precedent that was honored up until the 1940s of only having a two-term president. And then later it was enshrined after Roosevelt as a, a set standard that presidents should leave after two terms. So despite being the most powerful man in this fledgling military and then becoming the most powerful man in the United States, you know, it, this, this shows the humbleness of Washington, that he was never hungry for, the, for power for himself. He just happened to be the best man for the job at the time. So even in his last address as leader of the nation's armed forces, Washington made it all about America and not about himself. So he says, happy in the confirmation of our independence and sovereignty and pleased with the opportunity afforded the United States of becoming a respectable nation, 
I resign with satisfaction the appointment I accepted with diffidence, a diffidence in my abilities to accomplish so arduous a task, which, however, was superseded by a confidence in the rectitude of our cause, the support of the supreme power of the Union, and the patronage of heaven. So what is it about speech? Like when we hear George Washington, some of those words might seem old timey, but the reality is, is he is giving, uh, he's showing his heart with that, with that resignation speech. He's, he's showing that he believes that the country that was just birthed, their true patronage is to heaven and not to any man. So when we think about speech and when today I preach about our call to speak, you know, we have to think about that in these terms. We are, you know, our patronage is also heaven. As Christians, we are commanded to speak, to proclaim, and preach the gospel of heaven, of Jesus Christ. So why is it that we're commanded to open our mouths for this cause of Jesus Christ? Is this a new thing that we are called to do, or is this something as old as the heavens? We know that Jesus is the word and was the father from the as was with the father from the beginning so then it stands to reason that words are meant to be spoken to be proclaimed and to be preached everywhere and to everyone in john 1 verses 1 through 5 it says the word became flesh in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is not something we can neglect. This is not something that we could hold back. It is something we must foster within us. We must water the tiny seeds of our faith to fertilize the tiny sprout as it, grow, as it grows and nurture our speaking abilities so that we can have confidence in Jesus to speak, proclaim, preach his gospel to all things. It's interesting that to put so much emphasis on speaking. Public speaking, especially, is one of the most feared phobias for a lot of people. Surveys typically indicate that between 72 to 75 percent of the population fears speaking publicly. Why is there so much fear about public speaking? Why does the act of speech elicit such anxiety in such a large portion of society? Is it the fear of failure, inadequacy, embarrassment? Or is it the fear of people or self or even the fear of success? Jonah feared preaching to the Assyrians because he knew that he would be successful. Moses feared speaking because of embarrassment. These emotions are nothing new, but the reality remains that we are called to fall upon the Lord and speak the gospel, to proclaim the gospel and preach the gospel. And in with this, I want to interject too that it's not just about public speaking. It's not just about being in front of crowds or preaching to an assembly. It's about speaking one-on-one -on -one to people we come in contact with day to day. Oftentimes it becomes even just or just as terrifying to go up to a stranger and preach the, or speak the gospel to them in humbleness and share that gospel message to one person or a group of two or three or four or five. This also can become terrifying to people, just as terrifying to people as it, as it is to, to speak to a group of 100 or, or 500 or 1,000 for others. But that brings me to my first point, which is speak to the people. The prophets, oftentimes, you know, there's, you, you, you look at the picture of Moses and, and he says, I'm slow to speech. So oftentimes we try to make excuses when God calls us to speak on his behalf. And this is nothing new. As I said, Moses struggled 
with speaking for God. But fortunately for Moses, God did not let him go free from his calling, but made a way for him to fulfill his calling. Even today, we cannot get away from our calling. We can either accept it or reject it, but we will never truly get rid of the call that is on our lives. In Exodus 4, 10 through 16, and then in verses 28 through 30, we read, But Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be your with you, your mouth, and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, O oh, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people, and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be as God to him. So in verse 28 says, And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord with which he had sent him to speak, and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses, and did the signs in sight of the people. It's a very interesting idea that, you know, you have a calling upon Moses' life. He's asked to preach, you know, speak, you know, to the assembly, and he can't do it. But God doesn't let him get past this. It doesn't take away this, this calling onto his life. Rather, he finds a way for him to do this despite his, his fear. And he says that he's going to work with him to get him to be able to do these things. So when we travel through the Old Testament, we see the prophets of God constantly commanded to speak to the people on God's behalf. Why is it important to speak? Why can't this just be written down in a letter, put on an Instagram post, or whatever we think we can do today? Because the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is meant to be heard. Let us look at just a few times that the prophets were told by God to speak, keeping in mind that that phrase, speak to, shows up in the Bible over 250 times. Exodus 25, 1-2, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the people of Israel that they take me for a contribution. From every man whose heart moves him, you shall receive the contribution from me. Leviticus 22 has 22 instances where God tells Moses to speak to the children of Israel. Jeremiah 11, 1-2, the, the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Hear the words of this covenant and speak to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Ezekiel 3, 1 through 4, and he said to me, son of man, eat whatever you find here, eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me this scroll to eat. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I will give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. God's word was meant to be spoken in the Old Testament. It was expected that you would have large portions or the entirety of the Torah, the Old Testament, memorized so that you could draw from the word and speak with authority. When the prophets were called by the Lord, it was to speak to the people of Israel. In the New Testament, the pattern is the same. When Jesus would heal, he expected those who had, had lived or had their lives change to become vocal testimonies, to speak and to proclaim. 
And that brings me to my second point, which is proclaim. The prophets in the New Testament saints did not just speak the gospel, they proclaimed the gospel with zeal. We need to have zeal for the things of God. We need to foster a relationship with God so that we will be filled with the Holy Spirit, with fire in our bones like Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 29, it says, If I say I will not mention him or speak anymore in his name, there is in my heart, as it were a burning fire shut in my bones, and I am weary with holding it, with holding it in, and I cannot. In Psalm 39, 3, it says, My heart became hot within me as I mused, the fire burned, and then I spoke with my tongue. As we grow closer to Jesus, we understand more of what his sacrifice meant to us and to the world. And if we're truly going to follow Christ and, uh, and seeking to be more Christ-like in our lives, then we should be growing in our convictions. And we should also be more emphatic to the disastrous course that the world is headed we should become more vocal. We should be speaking more bro uh, more boldly the th about the things of God. We shouldn't be, be get becoming more timid. And even though we have fear, we have to you know, strive against that. And Job 32, 8, it says, But it is the spirit in man, the breath almighty, that makes him understand. That is why we must proclaim the gospel. We must shout it from the rooftops. Jesus died for all our sins. The price has been paid, but we must receive it. And Colossians 4.4 4, and the New Living Translation, it says, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. That's a good point, a side point of clarity. We proclaim with clarity the simple gospel message so there can be no confusion about what we are speaking of. And Acts 13.38 says, brothers, listen, we are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. The clarity of Jesus coming to earth, that God incarnate, dying for our sins so that when we repent, we can have forgiveness from our sins in Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, we can be set free. Psalm 35, 28, then I will proclaim your justice. I will praise you all day long because our God is a God of justice. And when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we preach about our God, it is preaching righteousness, holiness, and justice. In a world that so vocally says they're seeking justice, why not preach a gospel of justice? So here we start with speaking. Just open your mouth, let the words of God and Jesus Christ be your speech. In your timidity, in your fear, speak. And everything we do, we're called to do it unto the Lord. So then let us start now with our speak, our speech. This is one reason why we refrain from profane speech, because we are meant to use our words for godly and heavenly speech. We hold our tongue. We do not gossip. We do not mock or impugn others with our tongue, defiling it, because our tongue is meant for worship. It is meant to speak about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we speak, we will gain boldness and the fire from the Holy Spirit will work inside us to empower our speech to the point of proclamation. We are the fire alarm for a fallen world. We need to lift our voices above the clamor of our time and proclaim the gospel of our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. And this brings me to my final point, which is preach. The culmination of speech and our proclamation is the preaching of the gospel. The whole point of the gospel is to lead others to salvation, not condemnation. And John 3.17, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is, quite frankly, my favorite verse of Scripture. Everybody knows the, the preceding you know, Scripture, 316. But this is the one that I, I, I like the most because it, it emphasizes the point that he didn't send his son to condemn us, but rather that we might be saved through him. The truth is that we preach a gospel, of, the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that others may also be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then discipled, and the pattern continues. We know this to be, you know, a clear truth from the word, because we can see in 2 Timothy verse, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is the judge, the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wandering off in myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry." Now, clearly, he is talking to Timothy in this, in this portion of Scripture. But I believe that the, the, the core message is for all believers. It is for all of us to work you know, towards Christ's likeness as we walk in our salvation, as we walk with the, the gift of grace that's been given to us. We should all be striving to be as much as we can in the Lord. Even if you don't think you're called to preach in a public ministry, I contend that you are called to preach within your ability. I also believe that in Christ, we have the strength to do all things, Philippians 4.13. In time, as you draw close to Christ, you will have the strength to speak, to speak, to proclaim, and to preach. Again, the purpose is for others to receive salvation. We might start humbly speaking about our own testimony, what Jesus has done for us and to, and, and to us. But as we grow and we gain boldness, we can proclaim the truth of the cross and call others to see the cross, to hear the message that, that was on the Calvary. At this pivotal juncture, it is the cross of Calvary that we preach a message of salvation. So as we grow, as we bear fruit, we can pray, we can preach about what we've seen God do in our lives and to others that we have preached the gospel to. So once you cross that chasm of speech and to proclaim the message to those on the other side. It is here that you find the strength to cast a lifeline to those who are lost in sin and to see them saved by the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and helping them also to speak, to proclaim, and to preach the gospel. This is why we do altar calls at every event. This is why we go out into the streets and cast wide nets. This is why we disciple to follow that pattern that is shown to us in the New Testament. This is why we send out workers and plant churches and missionaries, and we take care of our missionaries as per the pattern that we see in the Old and the New Testament. We do all these things to push the gospel message forward, to speak, to proclaim, to preach a gospel of salvation. Jesus, God incarnate, came to earth. He died for our sins. So let us close with Paul in one of the earliest Christian creeds. In 1 Corinthians 15, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which 
you are being saved if you hold fast to the world I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of the first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised, and that the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. If the murderous Saul can be changed to one of the most prolific apostles, Paul, then we need to become something more in Christ Jesus. We can learn to speak, we can learn to proclaim, and we can reach the gospel, you know, reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ with fire and zeal. So with that, if I could have every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're, you know, if you're, if it's safe to do so. I know that we can't see each other. This is just a podcast, but this is the critical part of every message is this invitation. I don't preach these words, you know, to edify myself. I preach this to, with the hope that someday this message will get out to one person, if only one, that it would affect and it would change your life. And if and if that this message has impacted you and you know that you're living a life of sin away from God, whether you're you've never heard the gospel message or you've backslidden and you've left what you know to be true and you want to come back, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to signify that with an uplifted hand. I can't see it, but God can see it. And if you're doing that right now and you're doing that with a, a contrite heart, then I want you to know God sees that. And I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Lord God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, and he came and he died for my sin. I repent, I turn from my sin and accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and my King. And I thank you for the gift of salvation that comes by grace. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it, then I know that you feel a change in your heart even at this moment. Maybe the whole amount of it, the understanding isn't there, and it might not be there for a while, but it, it's going to hit you because you're a new creation in Jesus Christ. And so what, you know, you might think, what do you do next? It's pretty simple. You read the word of God, you find a Bible, you read it, you pray, you cry out to God, you talk to your father in heaven, and then you find a Bible-believing church that you can lock into, that you can work with, that they can help you because it is the body of Christ that we all need to support us during this, these times that we live in. And the Bible tells us not to forsake the gathering of the brethren, which is the church. So with that, if you live in Salmon Arm, reach out. It's uh, You can reach out to the Potter's House uh, SA at iCloud.com. That's our email for the church. You can reach out to me directly at at my you know at 604-997-8446. I'd love to hear from you. 
I'd love to talk to you. If you're in chill, if you're in Salmonar, please give us a, give me a call. Reach out to us and come to service on Sundays at 10:30. If you're not, we have 3,500 plus churches globally. I'm sure that there's a good chance we're going to be able to find you a, a Bible-believing church within our, our Christian Fellowship Ministries, and I could put you in contact with the right people to lock into a great church. But I want to just thank you as we close for listening to me for this message this morning. And I want to you know close this in prayer today and just say, Dear Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. And I pray that this message would go forth and impact as many lives as, as, as it can for the purpose of seeing people give their life to you, Lord Jesus, for sacrificing their life to you, Lord Jesus. And we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again. I can't wait for you to come back for the next message. God bless. This is something that is only because of the grace of God for mankind and the sacrifice that he made with his son, Jesus Christ. But it says, if you have ears to hear. So I, I pray that you, you did say that prayer and that you meant it. And if you did, I pray that you'd reach out to me. Let me know. Because it's, that's the whole purpose of this is to reach as many people for the, with the message of Jesus Christ as possible. So if you're, the next step is that you find a church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ for you. If you're in Salmon Arm, I'd love for you to come and you know meet with us here in Salmon Arm. You can you can uh, reach out to us. We have our Instagram page. It's Potter's House SA, uh, you know on on Instagram, and then our our email address is just Potter's House SA at iCloud.com. And so please reach out to us. And let, let me know you've prayed, or if you're in Salmon Arm, reach out. Let, and and you know, our services are 1030 on Sunday, and we're currently meeting at the the uh, boardroom for the Salmon Arm Innovation Center. But please, if, if you're not close by, find a Bible-believing church. And again, you could reach out because we have 3,500 plus churches globally. And I'm sure I could connect you with a great church, Bible-believing church. But it, the, the, the important thing is to just, you know, allow God to do a work in your life. It's not going to be overnight, but God is going to do a tremendous work in your life. If you so start reading the Bible, you know, find that church to lock into, have fellowship with the brothers and pray. And praying is just simply having a conversation with God. But. I want to thank you for listening to this message and thank you for following the podcast. If you can, you know, like, share uh, uh, this podcast and subscribe. It helps us with, you know, our, our analytics to know that we're getting out there and the message is getting sent to, you know, to where it's getting sent to globally. So again, I want to thank you for the time you've taken the, today to listen to this message. And I can't wait for you to come back next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to the PHSA Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Potter's House underscore Salmon Arm to keep up to date on what we are doing, join the conversation, and discover how Jesus Christ can revolutionize your life.